Hey, welcome to another episode of True Story Tent. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. It's October, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, let's talk about cancer. Um, so, um, I don't know where to start. So, it started... Um, so, we entered and... It's the worst and the dumbest thing I've ever decided to do. I don't know, I mean... And that was kind of like the hammer on the nail. I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> On the fourth of this month, we put together our first themed story night, the topic of the evening, cancer, which was made possible with the support of Talabat Oman and with the guidance of the Oman Cancer Association. I can't speak of other cultures or societies, but I know that there is a lot of stigma associated with even uttering the word cancer here. I remember when we decided that we would do a cancer-themed story night, the first thing I told our graphic designer, Sabrina, who's also a good friend of mine, was... I don't want to use the word cancer in the poster. I think I was worried that it might deter people from attending. So the original title that I came up with was True Story Tent, Pink Ribbon Edition. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hi, But then I began speaking to people who've had first-hand experience with cancer to understand what it's like. And what struck me was how adamantly they encouraged talking about it openly and publicly. You know, uh, knowledge is the key. It takes away the fear. This is Mrs. Yuthar Rawahi, founder of the Oman Cancer Association. If you know about something, you won't be fearful of it. Which we need to talk about because everyone has different symptoms or goes through it differently. This is Mithla Al-Hina'i. She was diagnosed last year with thyroid cancer. I'm each one of us needs to talk to each other to support one another. The main thing is, by talking about it, we show that actually cancer is so small and cancer is only as scary as we truly choose to make it. So I posted snippets of these conversations on our Instagram page prior to the event, encouraging people to open up and to share their experiences. All the while, we were about to publish a poster that didn't even carry the word cancer in it. So at 11 p.m. the night before it was meant to go live, I sent a voice note to Sabrina telling her that I think the word cancer should be included in the title. I think the reason why I'm thinking this now is because after the first interview and now the second interview and what the interview, the, what we're preaching in the interview is like we need to talk about this. The word cancer is so taboo that people are even scared to say that it should be out in the open. Yeah, I felt like a bit of a hypocrite, you know? So I decided, you know what? If it deters people, it deters people. Let's just stay true to our message. We'll call this event, Let's Talk About Cancer. The next day, the poster goes live. We were aiming at 60 RSVPs. By the end of 24 hours, 90 people signed up to join. Our first theme story night was underway. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was diagnosed with a very rare type of lung cancer. Cancer, me, no way, but it never happened to me. Hearing the news of her going through cancer put me in denial for a very long time. I just felt there was a purpose. In this episode, we will hear one of the stories shared that evening. It's a story by Zahra Al-Kindi. Here is Zahra live on our stage. 
I have a long history of cancer in the family. My mother, my four aunts, my two uncles, that's from her side. And from my dad's side, I have two aunties. Who are, but still, I didn't know what was cancer. Zahra's mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was treated, but five years later, she was diagnosed with a cancerous tumor in her brain, which eventually took her life. This happened 10 years ago. When just I was, I thought like that was the saddest part of my life, me losing my mother and then getting divorced 10 months later, getting divorced jobless with two kids and I have no shelter. Yeah, and my mom's house was closed, nobody's living there. So where will I go? I don't have a job. So I had to take a loan every month from my sister, like, yalla, lend me money. I need to survive with two kids. My daughter is here, by the way. She's not that young anymore. And that, I thought that was the worst thing ever until when five years after my divorce, I fell in love. At this point in Zahra's life, things took a turn for the better. Everything began to look up. Oh, love. Oh, I'm successful. I work in radio and TV. I'm popular. My future is good. I have my own house. I have my own car. I have beautiful kids. Yes, and I'm in love. Yes, and that's what I want. Yes, that's the best thing to be in love. I was in love finally. And a young man, he was five years younger than I. Oh, yeah. Ah, too bad, yeah. And then, and mom, I was in love with this guy the first year, the second year, and then the third year we decided to get married. And we were like, okay, let's get married. Khalas, hello. Just when we decided that, we started processing the marriage. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage three. Um, One evening, as Zahra was going to bed, she noticed a lump above her breast. So she snapped a picture of it and sent it to her cousin, who was a doctor. Her cousin advised her to go in for an immediate checkup. So the next day, she set up an appointment with her usual doctor. I remember it was very early in the morning. I, I went there and normally my ultrasound doctor, she talks about it like, oh, I can see this and I can see that in your body. But that day when she was doing the ultrasound, she was like, why did you request for this? So I said, I'm just suspecting something but I just don't want to say I don't know if it, it is while she was taking you know and she turned the screen for me not to see and normally I do look at the screen and she keeps on explaining like oh I have a lot of gases here and oh you have this and that but that day she immediately turned it and she was not smiling anymore she was not talking to me anymore many doctors and several tests later Things weren't looking good for Zahra, but the day has finally arrived. The day she would be given a definitive answer. So I went to his office and there were a lot of practice doctors, like four or five of them, female doctors. 
they were there to learn how to deliver the the bad news to a patient. So my doctor sat there and he said, "Like Zara, you're an open-minded woman, and I know you will take it in a positive way." But I just have this bad news that you are having a breast cancer, stage three, BRCA2, and that means you're really carrying a genetic cancer and we can't delay the treatment. I went blank. It's like somebody shut me down. I went blank. I could not see anything. I felt myself I was you know, drowning somewhere dark. I could not breathe. Um, I remember driving back. I could not see the way. It was daytime, but I found it really dark and and I drove. I still could not think and I could not breathe. I did not know where I was going. I just knew that I got home. I prayed, thanking God for this gift and to grant me with strength to handle this. Why do you call it a gift? It is a gift because we are chosen for this. It is not given to anyone who cannot handle or who cannot become better later. You are given such gifts because he knows you have the power to become better, to improve, or to, to make change after going through this. And did you have that clarity at that time? No, no. I knew it was gift. I knew. Because I knew, like, maybe he wants to, to clear me from any sin I've done before and prepare me maybe to departure from this world or maybe to, to prepare me to, to be a better mom because at that time I could only see my children. Mm. Was it the bad news? No, it wasn't the bad news me having cancer at stage three and I have these two kids under my shelter and I'm going to die, you might have wish, and I have to remove both breasts because I'm, I'm having genetic cancer and it is going to come back on and on and on and on. So was it the bad news? No, it wasn't. The bad news was like, I was dumped. Uh, he waited for me to, to, to complete the cycles of chemotherapy. And uh, when it was time for my surgery to remove the both breasts, he just decided not to, to show up. And he decided it was a time that he should leave me. And three days later, after the surgery, he came to visit and he told me that uh, you're not the woman that I want to be with anymore. I'm not supposed to go through a hard time with a woman, start my life with tragedy or grief or, you know, I cannot accept a woman who's becoming ugly right now with and you're bold, you're not healthy. Wait, did, did he use those words? He did, he did, he did. Wow. He just said, I'm not, I'm not ready. I, I, when I, when I fell in love with you, 
you are not this woman and you are a strong beautiful woman i cannot accept you this way and i'm not going to live with you this way and i'm not sure if you are going to bring me any children so my answer was just like are you guaranteeing yourself you're not going to be attacked with cancer he said no but i don't think i will How long did it take you until you cuz I am sure it was devastating. It was. But at the same time now looking back at it and hindsight you dodged a bullet like this is the guy revealed who he really is, right? Exactly. But how long did it take you to get to that realization? One whole year. One whole year because I was so I was still in love with a guy i could not let go i could not let go so it took me a year just to realize like okay so i think i was gifted with this just for me to know who i was going to be with and it was to protect me this gift was to protect me and my children I was grieving because of the heart broken, you know. I was not grieving because of the cancer at that time. I was laid down in the hospital for so long because after I removed my boobs and they reconstructed with a silicone, my nipples started dying. Yeah. So they had 3 days after that surgery, they had to remove the nipples. And what happened is I had a virus called uh, pseudomonas. So they kept on trying, yeah, to to kill it, treat it first, second, three. It took me like 8 months fighting this. Anyways, they <laughs> you won't imagine how it looks like. It doesn't look like boobs, but it uh, yeah, still boobs shakli and yani, yeah. You can see that there are boobs. So, um I hated myself. I was so depressed. I was really really depressed. I did not want to see anyone. I took off my doorbell. I didn't want visitors I'd, because instead of people visiting me and yeah, I mean, cheer me up, make me feel better, they used to come and cry because they thought I'm dying. So I have to pamper them like la it's a stage wide. So I, whenever anybody knocks the door i tell the kids like please don't open the door please i don't want to see anyone please i don't i was so down that i thought i didn't want to move on i didn't want to live i didn't want to live and just when she thought that was it things couldn't possibly get any worse she began to lose all senses in her legs which made her unable to walk and then i was sent abroad and they said yeah the chemo has damaged all your back nerves legs and you are not going to walk for some time. Of course I'm saying this uh about my daughter I think she's so surprised because she didn't know this. Whenever any action happens in my life any any of these stories I send them to their father's place. They have to go there so that they don't see the weak part of me. That wasn't the end of it. Soon after she had a heart failure that she learned was also due to the chemotherapy. At that time I stayed 4 months in the hospital. treating my heart and the radiation 
But during these four months, a shift in Zahra's mindset began to happen. Whenever they bring a new patient, cancer patient, the doctors, they tell the patient and their family, like, you know, there's a woman is having a sea view bed on the other side. You just go and talk to her. That made me happy because me seeing a smile, giving a hope to someone was like amazing, amazing. They get hope. I show them my boobs. I tell them this is one, two, three. I've been through all this throughout one whole year or one and a half year. And they and then when I used to see them, you know, see the light and happiness and the smile like, oh, so cancer is nothing. I said, yeah, cancer is nothing. So I knew like, okay, so my only way of happiness is to make people happy. It seems for you, particularly when you were in the hospital, you kind of found a purpose. Yes, yes, yes. And I knew that I was gifted this because I have this uh, ability to influence. I have positive energy to spread. So I knew that that's why things kept on getting complicated in the hospital so that I stay longer there and I get to meet a lot of patients. And, and whenever I talk to patients and I see their smile, I see their family walking out very happy, I knew that, okay, this makes me really happy. We are all brought up in the world for a reason. But most of us, until we die, we don't know why we were here. We think we are here to study, get married, have kids, and die. And that's not the purpose of us being here. But for us to find out, we have to go through difficult times so that we, we really discover it. We discover ourselves, we discover our abilities, we discover the purpose of why are we brought up here. Hmm. Yeah. You did go through yes. th these really dark times and usually when you're in such a dark place you don't remember how it was like before when you were not in this dark place and it's very hard for you to even see a future where you're not in this dark place. No, no you can't. You can't be optimistic. You can't remember any beautiful day. You can't remember, you can't dream of a beautiful day coming. So you, so you get stuck there like, you feel like this is it, this is my life, this is going to be forever. It's a, it's a moment that stays there and, and never ends. And there are people listening to this podcast right now who are in that place and they can't see beyond it. How do you, or what do you say to these people specifically right now? It will pass, it will pass. It will take time, but it will be over. It will be over. I don't know how, but it will be over. This time will pass. But one day I regret it, of course, Taban. Um, only one night regret. There was a new patient from Sharqiyah. And she came in and uh, they, she was told, like, go talk to that sea view lady sitting there. And she came. She's like, ah, Kif, it hurts. Chemo, la, la, la. Would I throw up? Would I lose my hair? Do, do, do. 
I was like, yeah, uh, are you scared? You don't have to be scared. I'm here, it's been over a year and I'm still here in the same bed and I'm still here. But that lady gave me a hard time. And whenever I went to wind down and sleep, she would just call my name loudly to ask me one stupid question. Or, and it follows a, yeah, another stupid question and it went on and on. She was next bed to me. She was like, Zahra, I know you're awake. Aqalish. Oh my God. <laughs> and you know, I'm behind the curtain. I, I lift the pillow like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then she goes like, Akulish, that needle hurts. Oh, needle is a needle, it is hurts. And then she goes like, Zen, will you sleep? Are you sleeping? Yes, I am sleeping. And then I go like, you know, you, you open your phone. She goes, Zahra, Akulish, Anakhaf. Oh my God. We want to sleep. Lel, I was like, it doesn't make me happy to help her. No, I don't want to help her. I don't care. I said, you know what? Yawar, yawar. It hurts, it hurts. Chemo hurts, you will throw out. You will take it. Did she leave you alone after that? She, she did, yeah, because she felt like her. I can't take it. <laughs> she gave me a hard time. She gave me a hard time. But to tell you the truth is, yani, um, I found a way of my happiness. And I was like, Alhamdulillah, because I was too busy doing other things in life. I did not know why as human I was created to be here. We are learning every day. And we will never stop learning as long as we're living here. And we are going to learn in a hard way. We're not learning anything in life in an easy way. So uh, my message to you is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And me, I'm growing stronger day by day. Yalla, have a good night. If you know somebody who is in a particularly low point in their life and could benefit from listening to this episode, please do them a solid and send this to them. And if you'd like to reach out to Zahra, you may find her on Instagram at Zahra underscore Elkindi. To stay up to date with upcoming story events, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at True Story Tent. This episode was produced by me, Abdullah Al Ma'wali. You may find me also on Instagram at Wandering Brown Guy. Thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. Yeah,